All right, everybody, it's been a few weeks since your excursion with the Ripper. And so what have all of you been up to uh, since then? Uh, Finn, let's start with you. Well, I think uh, just having having uh, been uh, no, like informed about this this new role that I that I'm supposed to be taking on in this organization, I think I've been keeping pretty close to uh, Ignacia um, and trying to not really make it seem like I'm trying to learn a lot. I don't I'm not really a good student. Um, but every now and then I'm asking a couple questions or or you know. Also, I, 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 because of everything that went wrong, maybe a little bit less, um, I'm not talking, like I'm not extra talkative to people. I've been sort of quiet and introspective and uh, hanging hanging around uh, uh, Li Jing's shop and with Ignacia. Okay. And so you've been hanging around with Ignacia a lot. Ignacia, what have you been doing these two weeks? Um, Ignacia's been basically just, learning more, I suppose, I guess when, you know, Sawyer's not there, she's learning more about, you know, working with the circle and understanding that because she's not aware that he's somewhat attached to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, she uh, basically spends time with uh, Mrs. Han um, meeting up with uh, Teresa O'Neill. Teresa, yes, and um, and the inspector. Wait, not the inspector. Detective. Her, Detective. her brother David. Yeah. So yeah, she's been spending time with them, and then whenever Sawyer's around, she'll you know just enjoy. And when she's not working, she'll because she's still working with Doctor Han, um, because she's got to. <laughs> so she's still learning at him, working in that, and the free time she's either spending with um. Sawyer to just travel around Boston or if Sawyer is interested in learning because he seems he's gotten interested in learning some stuff like what is it like reading what what, what is Sawyer coming to learn from her it's definitely not reading <laughs> what is it what is he asking he, her about I think well I think I think he definitely if he sees you reading something or if he sees a, a new book or something near you that you've been interested in, he will sort of like uh, thumb through the pages, but not really glancing at the not really making too much. Uh, it doesn't look like he's reading it, but then he slides it over to you and asks you a couple questions about it that he probably could have answered very clearly if he would have read anything about it. Oh, okay. So, all right. So he's just basically just hanging out with her. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, they're just spending time together, I guess, you know, walking through the park because sometimes she enjoys, especially in the summer, because it doesn't get as hot in Boston as it does down in Mexico, South Texas. Mm -hmm. So she's actually able to enjoy the summers and like walk out and sit in the parks and read when she's got the time to do so. Nice. So what are you studying medically right now? Like what advancements have you made in your learning about that? Uh, medically, she has been learning more about, um, I guess, modern technology of in modern medicines because she's so used to using herbs and compounds of that. She's not; she doesn't know anything about like compounded medicines like that they're making. You know, she uh, like any sort of drugs that have been designed recently. She's learning more about the uses and 
the uh, side effects of just drugs in general. And also she's at times, whenever she gets a chance, she'll go down to the school and sneak in and watch like a surgery being done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, that that's, that's about it. She's trying to, she is trying to learn more about modern medicine that she never got the chance to learn back in, back in her Puebla. Cool. All right. And Agnes, what have you been up to these two weeks? What are you keeping busy with? So I've definitely been um, busying myself with a lot of books and reading and trying to uh, come to a better understanding of some things that I didn't realize I didn't have as firm a grasp on as I thought I did. Uh, So that's mainly kind of digging more into psychology, understanding what makes people tick, uh, trying to maybe uh, get a little bit better at that hypnotism or whatever (laughs) it actually is. Right. and that's kind of just learning better how to read people, what to look for, and that might be like a tell. And then, kind of as a as a as a believer in productive procrastination, I think she's. I'm also uh, looking into plants a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Trying to understand plants a little bit more, getting into botany as like mm-hmm. a fun side project. But definitely, kind of um, hold away in the library of her house, just just reading a bunch. Okay. Cool. And so. Uh... Your brother, uh, William, is getting married soon, as we all know, right? Oh, yes. Uh, but he and he and B have been at each other a little bit. Uh, what have they been arguing about? Uh, it started out with just kind of little details about the wedding, just because she wants him to be a little bit more involved in some decisions, less involved in others. And he gets frustrated very easily and will kind of just throw his hands up in the air and be like, whatever you want. But then clearly that's not what he actually means because then later he'll take offense to some decisions she made. Uh, Now it's starting to get a little bit more into things that don't have to do with the wedding, things that are about the relationship and their future itself. Um, But those conversations, I think Agnes only hears a few words of that because those are a little bit more hushed and behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Uh, how have your parents been responding to this? Uh, I think my father is pretty not surprised. Like, this is just kind of how things go, according to him. I mean, he's frustrated with it. He, I see him rolling his eyes every once in a while and trying to uh, calm his son down. Um, but my mother seems to be picking up on something else that's a little bit deeper. Like, she's a little bit more genuinely concerned that this is more than just um, pre- wedding nerves okay cool and so uh your mother has also been talking to you more um so early on your parents sort of pushed you in two different directions about uh your dad's skepticism about all this mumbo jumbo that that you eventually agreed with and your mother was sort of into that mumbo jumbo-y kind of stuff what has she been doing saying encouraging you to look at to sort of again try to push you towards that well she's been and she just hasn't said she's been doing this but i know it's her she'll be leaving books around kind of where she knows i'm going to find them and i think she's been keeping tabs on what i've generally been reading and she'll kind of uh just leave something on a chair that has to do with the subject i'm looking into um but it won't be kind of the hard science approach books obviously it's the more uh spiritualist books and things that have to touch on the occult and she knows i'm reading them but i also try to not have 
be reading those publicly where at least my dad can see because i think there's something to be learned from them i don't think it's what the books are necessarily uh saying but in between the lines there's certainly something to be learned okay great and uh last but certainly not physically stature wise least james what have you been doing in your time off especially now that you have this newfound freedom from debt yeah yeah so james has been enjoying that just not the constant uh worrying about somebody coming to collect and, and you know just the just the stress and anxiety with that comes with owing owing these people money uh, and they're just it looks looking like it never ends so james has really got got an extra pep in his step for a little while but i think he's also in a, in a bit of a a slight depression a little bit because unless this goes against your plans uh he was not able to make the kentucky derby this year because Dude, that is literally my plan that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> like each one of you has done something that i'm like yep yep i was hoping they would say exactly that perfect okay so well done team uh so yeah he's been in a little bit of a depression because just after i mean just all the events he he wasn't able to make it to the derby this year which is something he does every year Really, I mean, he likes to go down and watch the horses. It's where he, he, you know, one of his couple times a year is where he meets Monty and they they get to watch the races and he just couldn't make it this year with the events of the past few weeks and just everything going on. He just couldn't break away and get down there. So he's really throwing himself into work a lot. I mean, he spends most time, most of his time working and just, you know, adding to his to his stash of, of getaway money, you know, money to get away from from everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's really about it. Working and just enjoying enjoying life, but also you know a little down that it's going to be even longer now sure. before he sees Monty again. Great. And uh, following up from stuff that happened last time, how is Terry doing? You know, I think Terry just James didn't hear from for probably three or four days. You know, Terry. Got released, uh, got out of custody, which was pr which was probably a big deal. I mean, you know, it probably took a lot of work with O'Neill kind of. I mean, James wasn't involved in this, but O'Neill probably had to do a lot of like behind the scenes movement and stuff to to get to get Terry cleared. So he probably got home, and then after probably about a week, he probably came back to. I think he came back to work, and him and James, uh, it was it's again a little bit awkward between them. You know, because James has this image of Terry in his mind, just stabbing this woman over and over again. That's an image that's never going to leave, even though he knows it wasn't Terry. It's true there. So things have been awkward between them. Okay. So now to, to shift into the present day. So James, you get back from work at the end of a long day. Like you said, you've been working long hours trying to put more money away. And there's a letter for you uh, from Monty. And so in it, he talks about, um, he responds to your letter from before telling you everything or telling him everything. And uh, you can tell he's a little skeptical about some of it, but he trusts you and he believes you. He does want to come see you though, uh, especially since you weren't able to make it to the Derby this year. He wants uh, wants to come to Boston. He's never actually been out there. Yeah. Um, and so the letter expresses pretty strongly that you know, he, he's worried about you having gone through all that stuff and he, and he misses you. So, uh, 
are you going to respond to that now or are you going to hold off a little bit? I think my gut instinct would be to respond and just probably tell tell Monty not to come would be the initial thought. But I think that just because that's normal, you know, wrapped up with, with these people collecting money, all this stuff going on. But I think after a bit, I think James would kind of decide to take a day to think about it, you know, mm-hmm. to, to come at it from a clearer head, you know, before okay. he responded. Okay. Great. All right. So Agnes, uh, we're going to swing back to you now, if you're ready. Yep. So you are having a family dinner with your parents and William and B, and she's visibly upset and trying to get William to commit to things about the wedding. And he's saying that it doesn't matter to him and then backtracking as he often does. Um, and before she seemed excited and then sort of anxious about it, but now she just seems like she wants it over with that. If the wedding had been yesterday and had been the two of them with a priest, it would have been fine. It's gotten so tense that she says or does something that actually makes you briefly, not for a long time, but briefly feel bad for your brother. What is it? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think she just stops talking altogether, which is like really unusual for her. Cause she's like a very cheerful general. Generally she's a very cheerful person and she at least wants progress to be made on issues. Um, and then the, the table's kind of, the, the mood changes pretty suddenly and he's asking her questions. Well, what do you want instead? You know, what, if, if this isn't good enough, then what's it going to be? And she's kind of giving him the treatment that he was giving her. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she's just like, I don't know, whatever you say. Um, and then she just kind of stops answering altogether. And I've never seen her like that before. And it's clearly taking him by surprise too. Um, and it's just super, super awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so do either your parents step in? Do they try to say anything? Do you try to say anything? Um, I think my father tries to change the subject because this is like, it's just too, it's just too tense and people can't even eat because it's just too awkward. Every single sound echoes like more than it should. Mm -hmm. Um, But nobody is really taking to the new topic of whatever it is like, oh, the weather today, or did you hear, did you read in the newspaper? Uh, People are giving like one word responses. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's the damage is kind of a little bit too much at this point, And it's just waiting for dinner to be over so people can get away from the situation. Sure. And uh, for, for B, dinner is over earlier than you would expect. So at some point uh, in the middle of a silence, she just stands up, pushes her chair in and walks out. Um, your brother gets up to follow her and your dad kind of puts a hand up and he, he sits back down there's a long period of silence an un- unbelievably awkward period of silence. And your mother says, it might be best to have the wedding sooner rather than later. And everybody just sort of looks back down, goes back to eating and very little is said for the rest of the dinner. Fun. So do you follow up with her at all or do you just kind of leave it lie? Yeah, I think I suddenly tried. I'm not. I'm not trying to hunt B down to like get answers or anything. But I kind of like. I know which room in the house she'll go to if she needs a minute alone. 
Mm-hmm. So I kind of just pass by the doorway to see what she's doing and if she's okay and if she's like in a talking mood or a, in a leave me alone mood. She's crying. I would go up and I, I go up and knock on the door, even though it's kind of already open, just to kind of announce my presence. Okay. Um, so she tries to put herself together uh, as quickly as possible and responds that, that you startled her um, and says that she's, uh, says, uh, I'm sorry about leaving dinner so suddenly. I just, I just needed to have a little bit of alone time. No, it's absolutely fine. You can take as much time as you want. Is there anything I can um, do to make this perhaps a little better for you? She smiles kind of weakly and says that uh, she thinks the, the best that could be done is helping your brother to make some decisions that she just sort of doesn't have any interest in making anymore. I nod, though I know that me trying to convince my brother of anything is probably <laughs> counterproductive. It's going to make things worse. But oh, I know but I you've can... promised. <laughs> I have promised. I know who I can talk to my mother, though. Mm-hmm. And by telling my mother, she can get a word in and she'll be a lot better at addressing these things with him than I would be. Sure. Um, and then after that, you don't need your your new empathy feet to tell that she really does want to be alone in the room uh, and have it be just her. So mm-hmm. I, I close the door behind me so that she'll have a little bit more privacy. Okay. Great. All right. And so a day or two later, um, Finn and Ignacia are hanging out in, um, actually, sorry, sidebar. Um, should I be, what, what's best for me? Should I be calling him Finn or should I be calling him Sawyer? That's kind of what I was thinking earlier. Uh, I don't know what the best, like, th- I, I think probably Finn. Okay. Um, and I'll only use Sawyer when I'm talking to people. Like, yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Cool. Related to that real quick, um, do you think that if we have asked, like, oh, do you prefer us to talk, call you Finn or Sawyer, what, what he would have said? Uh, I think by now we probably all know each other enough to to where like you know that if you call me Finn when we're in public, <laughs> it might be bad for everybody. But in so like I've... privacy of like a house or something, we're probably okay at Finn or Yes. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. So it's a weekend day and Ignacia is doing some studying and Finn is kind of hovering a little bit when uh, Charlotte comes in and says that she has some important things to talk to the two of you about at the O'Neill's residence and asks if the two of you will come with them. Sure, and Ignacio's just looking at Sawyer, just like, what does she need him for? But okay. Yeah, if either of you want to give me an insight check, I can share some of this with you. Yeah, she's a little confused. That's a 16. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to make a check. Okay. So, Ignacia, you get the sense that she has to tell the two of you something bad, something that she's not looking forward to telling either of you, um, and something that she thinks uh, might not be particularly well received. Okay. Um, Ignacia slowly stands up and tucks away her book and 
She just looks at Sawyer. She's like, would you like to come with us? <laughs> Lead on. Okay. He, he pushes a book away that he was kind of looking at curiously and it had a uh, it had a, a like a picture of it looked like an uh, the shape of an arrow on the cover and he was very curious about it but when he opened it up he didn't really find anything of interest and so he just sort of like pushes it aside and follows you out okay so yeah you make it to the front door and there's a carriage waiting for you charlotte steps in first and uh the ride there is is awkward she's trying to make small talk um but not doing a particularly successful job of it. What do the two of you do to try to diffuse the situation? You mind if I smoke? Uh, no. It's uh, quite a healthy habit, after all. So he, he lights the cigarette, but then he also offers it to, to the two of them. Offers one. Uh, she, she takes one and lights it. Uh, and give me a perception check. 12. Okay. Should I, should I do one too? Or? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is um, 21. Okay. So Finn doesn't notice this because he doesn't know her nearly as well. But Ignacia, you see that her hand is shaking. And so going off of what you realized before, you start to get fairly concerned that this is going to be something quite bad. Um, it's certainly something that she thinks is very bad. So while Finn is actually smoking and like probably like blowing the smoke out the window, she's just gonna look at sh sh Mrs. Han and she's like, and just mouth her like, "What's going on?" Trying to at least get like some sort of quiet answer while he's not paying attention. So she looks rather intently at you for a moment, uh, and then you hear her voice as though she's speaking, uh, but her lips are not moving at all. Um, and you hear her say that you're going to find out some things about your friend today that we're all very concerned about. And when we air them, we're concerned about how he'll respond. And as you say this, you sort of instinctively look over to him because you kind of can't believe that she's saying this, but her lips aren't moving, but... Uh, and it's sort of so unsettling that, you know, you don't immediately put two and two together. You mm -hmm. look at Sawyer and then when he's not responding, you immediately know she's doing something magical, that the voice is directed only to you telepathically, which is not something you were especially familiar with her doing before. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so Ignacio is going to look at Sawyer. Um just study him for a second, look back at Mrs. Uh, Han, and then um, do a soft, just soft sigh, just like, oh boy. But like more like just, and um, try to just stare out the window because she doesn't know what else to say. Okay. All right, great. So you uh, arrive there shortly thereafter. It's not a long ride uh, and it is a comfortable one. And so they usher you into the sitting room where all of the Boston members of the circle are there. So Detective O'Neill, Teresa, Li Jing, and now uh, Ms. Han, or Mrs. Han. And uh, there are seats for the two of you 
uh, across from each other in a, the chairs that have kind of been pulled into a ring. And Teresa motions for you to to sit. Can I can I read the room real quick? Can I sure. see if I can get anything else? Yeah, Insi uh, insight. Insight. Yeah. I'd like to do the same. <laughs> okay. Um, now, now I'm paying 20, attention. So it's um, 24. Oh, so it was a natural 20? Yeah. Solid. I rolled a two. Okay. So, Finn, you get the sense that uh, they're here to tell you what a wonderful job you've been doing. <laughs> and that they have, uh, you're not entirely sure what all the awkward silence was about in the, uh, in the, the, carriage on the way over but uh things look great i i was gonna say that um on the carriage ride over finn after he lit the cigarettes was looking out the the window as they were going and there's a park and people walking and he saw these like this person walking like six dogs and they were all tangled up and it just tickled him and he so he had like kind of a smile on his face when he met eyes with ignacia as she's all tense and nervous and and this has been the first time in quite some time that he's just been kind of kind of relaxed and things so it, it's very fitting that when he walks in he's just like awesome <laughs> this yeah is, you're this is gonna be nice your happiness is uh totally untrammeled by any of this so yeah uh ignacia you on the other hand um read the room and are a little bit less excited about what you see there um you see these people who you've been talking to and working with recently, uh, looking fairly grim, but trying to put on brave faces. And you're now even more concerned about what you're about to hear. Um, it has all the sort of semblance of times when you've had to tell patients that something is, is very, very wrong and that you're not sure you'll be able to help them that they may be beyond your repair, which hasn't happened often to you because of how gifted you are, but it has happened and this has all the markings of that. So Ignacio is gonna walk in and before like she moves to sit down, she's gonna just reach out for Sawyer's hand and just squeeze it, just like reassuringly and then take a seat. So you sit down and uh, Teresa lets out a sort of long breath and then draws another one in and says, would you prefer from us Finn or Sawyer? He kind of pauses uh, at that and uh, still, still, still hopeful this is just going to be a nice conversation. Uh, he says, uh, well, he, he, looks, he looks at the door first. Is the door closed behind him? <laughs> uh, no, all, it's, it's, it's open. It's just an open area. He 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 kind of looks around and he says, uh, "Well, I guess that depends on the topic of conversation. Are we here to discuss me?" Yes. He says that just because everybody's staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, "We are." He uh take he takes his hat off, which he hadn't done yet, uh, and just realized that the like it's a more formal setting, and he was just sort of like a you know. Uh, foolheartedly just walking in smiling, which he doesn't normally do. So he takes his hat off and kind of holds, you know, holds it at the side. And is he sitting or is he he's standing? There's not an extra chair for him. There is an extra chair for him. Yeah. And it's okay. sort of across the way from Ignacia. 
Okay, so he go, goes towards it. He sits. He puts his hat on his knee, uh, crosses a leg, kind of like dusts it off, puts the hat down, and and he says, uh, "I suppose you can call me Finn." She says, "Very well, Mister Finn. First, um, we're going to need you to take the ring you recently acquired off." He. Uh, he just realized as they were saying that he'd been clicking it, which is odd because normally he fidgets with the ring that's of actual importance to him. Um, he, he takes it off, not really slowly or anything. He just takes it off and he puts it in his vest pocket. Okay. Um, Ignacia, you've had a pretty good read on this room so far. Um, you notice as he takes it off that you happen to sort of be looking at Li Jing at the time, mm -hmm. you notice that she seems almost surprised that he complied with that instruction. As you do, you shoot a glance over at the O'Neills. You notice that Teresa is looking at David almost as if to say, um, I was right. And so he, he puts it in his pocket and Teresa smiles, her first smile this time, um, and says, Finn, I'm curious. How much have you told Ignacia about you? Well, we met briefly a while back. She patched me up. I was in bad shape. She knew the crew I was running with at the time, and she probably knew of my reputation. And since then, uh, I can only assume that she's heard the stories that everyone else has heard about Red Finn. So I didn't see any reason to bring it up. Why are we talking about this? You are aware, I'm sure, she says, about your role in all of this. The rest of us here are part of the circle. But you, you are an arrow. And we want to make sure that both you and Ignacia know what comes along with her being a member of the circle and your being an arrow. And Charlotte is quite afraid that Ignacia does not. Ignacia, does any of this mean anything to you? No, it, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like, I don't remember if the first time we spoke, you mentioned the arrow, I was a little overwhelmed by the whole conversation then, but I, I don't know if we've ever discussed that before. Sure. So Charlotte, who's sitting next to you, puts a hand sort of reassuringly uh, on your hand and says, we've discussed it briefly, but it's understandable that it was a lot to take in. The circle is perhaps the only force keeping the Red Death out. The only thing locking it outside, forming what barrier we can around the world. Finn, on the other hand, is a weapon. And the organization he's part of, which was formed by members of the circle, is, and I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't sound harsh or discompassionate, Finn is expendable. We understand that you have history with him, 
if ever you had to choose between your life and his life, we would need you to have already made that decision. His life can be sacrificed, not yours. I'm sorry, but I'm a healer. I don't... I put my life on the line to help those survive. I don't expend people. That's ridiculous. That's not who I am as I took on this role as... as and then took on these powers. That's not who I am as a person. So, uh, Li Jing speaks up and she says, we don't mean that you would cast him aside easily or readily, but the reason he is called an arrow is because no archer grieves the loss of the arrow. The arrow is a tool for a purpose. No archer willingly throws away a good arrow without using it. But if it ever comes a time that you need to sacrifice him in order to achieve some greater purpose you will need to as the red death grows stronger that day will come i can't just throw away him he's an value member of our team a part of who i'm with he is someone that has helped me in the past and i'm not going to do that then ignacia stands up at this point like and tears are starting to well in her eyes she's like I, I don't understand how you think people are so easily expendable. Like, that's that's not who I am, at least. And I'm sorry that's who you are, but I... So, at, at this point, you see Detective O'Neill sort of shoot a look back at his sister. And now he has the sort of I told you so look on his face. And Charlotte puts a hand, um, you know, sort of reaches up and takes your hand. And says dear this is something that Finn agreed to when he took on this role isn't that true Mr. Finn well when when uh, when we see his face Finn's face again he's been in this chair before he's been uh, he's been on trial before uh, several times before being sprung um, and he knows he knows that you know when when people are talking in a conversation with him versus talking about him and he's not really in the conversation and so he's been respectfully quiet and uh has gone a little cold um not scared this is he knows all this this is his life he he, he has a his ideal actually in character <laughs> on the character sheet is redemption I've done things, things I'm not proud of, and things I will atone for. So this this is like going through his mind as this is happening. But as soon as uh, Charlotte places a hand on uh, on Ignacia, who's standing, uh, he he kind of like and it does his best to make it a somewhat soft voice versus a kind of a gruff or or you know heartless sound. And he says, "Have a seat, Ignacia." She's gonna look at him and. The concern that she has looking at everybody and the tears welting her eyes locked with his. Her posture softens and she just sort of sits back quietly in the chair. Thank you. Um.
you you know about my past and everything that they're saying is true all all my life i've been a weapon uh, all my life i've been used by others who point me in the direction of their own choosing since being told about this organization still not knowing much about it and being told that i'm some sort of arrow has made more sense than any other time in my life when someone was going to use me as a weapon and i know that you want to keep me safe and i appreciate that and if i get banged up i hope you'll be there to heal me but i assure you all of you and i saw your looks or finn looks around the the circle that if a decision needs to be made i'll make it if i can and it won't be it won't be uh her life that's taken i know my role and i know that the memory of someone important to me would have compelled me to agree to this so ignacia i will keep you safe I'll keep the group the group safe. We'll fight this red death. Maybe have a few laughs while we're doing it. He tries to add some levity, which fails <laughs> almost instantaneously. <laughs> and he says, uh, but I assure you, Ignacia, I am comfortable being expendable. If I could give my life for something good, it might atone for some of this, well, many of the bad things I've done. He takes a breath and he is uh, unknowingly clicking the ring on his left pinky against the handle of his uh, his pistol. And so everyone listens solemnly while you while you say all this. And Li Jing looks at you uh, and says, may help her, Mr. Finn, to know why you wear that ring. That may help her understand where you see yourself and why you see yourself there in all of this. Well, shortly after you patched me up and I went on my way, you had told me or urged me rather to turn away from that life and that crew. I didn't find a reason at the time to do so. I didn't see any purpose outside of doing what I was good at, regardless of who it hurt. But I did meet someone. And for the first time, I actually felt that thing that everybody talked about that just never made sense to me, never had any importance to me. I found happiness. They told me that this could be some sort of life that we could have together. Then they were taken from me. Hellbound Howler and his crew were the ones who did it. This ring is the only thing I have left to remember him by. Up until... Up until I joined up with you and our friends, it was the only thing keeping me on this straight and narrow. Now I have many reasons. 
Yeah, it's the memory of Su Lin that's going to keep me true to this role as an arrow. But I need to know that you're going to make the right decision that they're talking about, because you're more important. Uh, it, it's your choice. I'm not going to make that decision for you. You are your own human being, and that, that I will respect that. I understand that you respect this role that you're given, but I can't see you as expendable. You never were. Even when I saw you years ago, you know, laid up and hurt near on death's door, I saw who you were. And you're not so some thing that can be thrown aside or cast away. I saw all the emotions. We shared stories. I know who you are, Finn. And I want you to have the decision when it comes down to it, what happens. That's all I ask. I appreciate that. And I'm sure we can talk about it more in less formal settings. Maybe I can tell you about Sulin. I would like that. He hardens a little bit, dusts his hat off a little bit, puts his hat back on his head, stands up and looks around the room. And uh, he says, is that going to be all? He has a, a touch of emotion in his voice that he's trying to fight back. He doesn't want to be around all these people if it, if it continues. Sure. Li Jing kind of takes a quick survey of the room and she says to you, Yes, Mr. Finn, that will be all for now. He just tips <laughs> tips his hat to the center of the circle, uh, pulls his chair out a little bit askew, and uh, sort of leaves it askew, and walks towards the door. Uh, and as he gets to the door, he's uh, he's pulls the ring out of his vest pocket and slides it right back onto the finger and starts starts twirling it around as he walks out. A few moments after he walks out, once the front door closes, Charlotte turns to you, Ignacia, and says, that, that can't have been easy for you, but this is the way things are and the way they must be. And she sort of looks expectantly at you. When she looks at her, she actually, Ignacia's head actually dropped whenever, um, Sawyer walked out and she's trying her best not to let the tears fall, but they're, they're there. And when she looks up to Mrs. Han, whenever she, she tosses her, a tear falls. And I, I understand, but you don't know him. I do. I, I know who he really is. And I just, I can't treat anybody like that. I'm sorry. There's a, a moment of silence, and then David O'Neill says, you know who he is now, to some extent. Someone who does the kind of evil that he has done in this world. That doesn't... It scars a person, Ignacia. And he may be in control of his actions now, but one day he won't. He'll... He'll become rabid. And you've seen what rabies does, haven't you? 
I have. No one survives it. The only thing you can do when something goes rabid is to put it down so that it doesn't hurt anything else. And if he's no longer himself, if he's something else, something more bestial, someone will need to put him down. Charlotte kind of reaches out a hand and touches your shoulder in a way that you can tell is an attempt at consoling you a bit. I... You know, when someone's on their last breath and you, for a moment, you see who they truly are. That was Finn. It was years ago when he was in the mess of the, the traveling outlaw games. But he wasn't heartless. He wasn't like the normal outlaw that I've met before. There's so much more to him than, than any of that. And I don't know. I can't. I, I will always think of him as that person who approached me during that time. And if push comes to shove and like you said, he is rabid or what have you. I'll do what's necessary, but I doubt it will. As you finish, David sort of under his breath says a little louder, you think, than he intended to. <sighs> and you're either a worse judge of character or he's a better liar than we thought. And not just going to glare at him. <laughs> he sort of realizes that you've heard him, looks up and sort of shrugs in a what do you want me to say kind of way. Um, Teresa shoots him a look as well um, and says, well, I think we've discussed everything we need to discuss here while sort of staring pointedly at him. And he nods and pushes his chair out and walks out of the room. And Ignacia looks to Charlotte and she's like, should I, are you coming with me or should I just go back by myself? She says, she nods. She says, we can go. Okay. Ignacia just stands and just heads out the door. Okay. Trying to dry her face before she gets out in the public. Okay. Um, so... As you walk outside, uh, give me a performance check. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that is a 13. Okay. Uh, and Finn, give me a perception check. Uh, one, natural. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so Ignacia and Charlotte walk out not long after, before you've even finished your first cigarette. And uh, you look at her and you think to yourself, whatever they talked about after you left, they must have told some good jokes because she sure seems more 
cheered up than you were, would expect her to be after all of this. Um, <laughs> and uh, it seems like her day has much improved. So you figure maybe some of that was a, uh, was a bit of a, uh, an overstatement of things. And they, they told her what, what was really the deal. So do we all get back in the carriage together? Yes. So you all hop back in the carriage. Well, that was a lovely meeting. Typically, those types of things go better with a drink. Anybody want to get a drink? Charlotte, without missing a beat, says, yes, please. <laughs> Ignacia just nods and sort of just stays quiet and just stares out the window. 